know the kingdom of God, without faith it's impossible to please God. But one thing never fails, that's the love of God. Faith may fail, as found throughout the Bible, but the love of God never fails. And love will always serve. It serves because they have the love of God in them. And God loves us. I believe if God hadn't loved me, I wouldn't be here today. And Brother Ken was talking about don't never give up this morning. Sister Peggy and I was talking about this the other day. We have seen three people come to this church since we've been up here. Never came to church one time while they were working. I don't never remember them ever coming. I won't call their names. Every one of them men came to church after they retired. I don't know what urged them, but I believe it was the Spirit of God urged them to start coming to church. They got baptized, got God in their life, and they served God until they passed away. So be encouraged. God is real, and he's for us. I may believe God's for you. We just appreciate you being here today. I'd like you to take your Bible and turn to the book of John, St. John, chapter 21. And we're going to read verse 6 to 11. They'll probably get it up on the screen there for you. 21, 6 to 11. Praise ye the Lord. Okay, we're at verse 6 here. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast. Now they were not able to drag because it was so full of fish. Okay. Can't hardly see that. Therefore, the disciples whom Jesus loves said to Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was naked. Well, he wasn't really naked. He just didn't have his full clothes on. Okay, let's go ahead. But the other disciples came in the little boat. They were not far from the land, but about 200 cubits, dragging the net with the fish. They, as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid on it, and bread. Jesus said unto them, Bring some of your fish which you have just caught. Simon Peter went up to drag the net in, full of fish, 153. I'm going to stop right there. Word 153 means revival. How many believers this world needs revival? This is a story of Jesus right after he had got out of the grave, right after the resurrection. And he sits there on that shore. I want to share with you this morning, and I really believe with all my heart we're wearing ourselves out laboring for things that's not profitable 
kingdom of God. God has a plan for our lives, and he's going to work it if we let him work it. Revival. We're going to title this word revival. And the fish represents people. Number 153 in the Bible means the number of God's elect and his revival and gathering in the harvest. So there's a harvest to be gathered in. And we're going to see that harvest. God is going to bring a harvest to this world because this is what he's saying right here. After the resurrection. And fish means people. And the net means the gospel power to catch souls. The gospel power to catch souls. Revelation 6 and 2, he's, he sees a white horse and a rider. That white horse represents strength. The word of the Spirit that brings the revival. So it's God that brings the revival. But we're to pray for the harvest. And he will bring the revival. He's promised to do that. I want to share some things with you this morning. Jesus said the harvest is truly great. It's going to be a harvest so large, the facilities will not be. We're not talking about just Calvary Tabernacle, but the facilities will not be large enough to hold them. He said, go out in the hedges and highway and compel them to come in. The lame, the halt, the halt means those that has no arms or legs, and bring them in. He's not, <coughs> excuse me, he's not necessarily telling us to hit the streets. The greatest thing we can do hits the streets with our prayers and believe and expect to receive a harvest. Genesis 20, verse 17 and 18 God had closed up Abimelech's, all of his family and all of his maids, all of them, he closed their wounds where they couldn't bring forth children because of what Abraham did. He told a lie. How many are glad that God never gives up on you? If you've run the lie for Abraham, God never left him. When he messed up, God corrected him. And then God told Abimelech, said, I'm going to have my prophet Abraham to pray for you and pray for all of your household and all of your maids. Everything that's under you, I'm going to have him to pray for you. I want you to notice that God had closed up the womb. The womb, we'll come back to this, is the place where revival has to start. It is a revival place. Every person has a potential to bring revival. You, you have that potential. And so Abraham, God told Abraham, now I want you to pray and I want you to open up all of their wounds through your prayers. And the Bible said that Abraham prayed and every womb was open. I wanted you to pray with me this morning. For the next nine months, God opened my spiritual womb. What's going to take a revival is for the spiritual womb of every Christian to become open. 
They tell us when the man's sperm enters the womb, millions of the cells like go, but one, only one, enters in the womb, and it's so small you can't see it with the naked eye. You have to see it with a magnifying glass. Despise not the days of small things. Psalms 139, David said, You formed me while I was in my mother's womb. For you ever came out of your mother's womb, God already had a plan for you, that he formed you in your mother's womb for a particular purpose on this earth. And that's to bring forth children. If we don't do anything else in this world but bring forth children, that is what pleases God the most. You ought to say amen. Every person ought to have a desire to bring forth children. It doesn't matter how young you are. and doesn't matter how old you are. I read the other day about a missionary. Went on a mission field. Very young age. I believe it was 93. He was still on the mission field. And they said the amazing thing about this man, the fire that drove him to the mission field was the same fire Brother Clayton was still living in him when he died. We need to fan the flame in our lives, if it's not alive, to get it ready for the revival. When God puts a little seed in your womb, your spiritual womb, hallelujah. <coughs> Most all of us know that Brother Melvin's been having a hard time. Is that right? He told me this morning, the other day, went back to the doctor, and said, the doctor said, your lungs, every time you come back up here, they're already growing and getting better. I want you to know if you'll believe God, God will work a miracle in your life. And then he began to tell me, he said, I want to be of influence. I may not never really be anything, but if I could just be an influence on people that comes in my shop, it doesn't matter who they are, I want to be an influence. Did you know that God has given us the power to be an influence on this life? There is a harvest right here in this world, in America. So he prayed, and it happened. All of our prayers have been going up. And I believe in prayer, and I believe in fasting. I believe in it. But I don't believe fasting and prayer brings a revival. I don't believe that. I don't believe the Bible teaches that. I'm just being open with you this morning. Unless you fast and pray and expect to see what you've been praying for, you'll never receive it. God wants you to pray and fast and believe what you're praying for you're going to get. Amen? You've got to believe what God has said. Got to believe it. Act it upon the things of God. Now, I believe you ought to pray and fast. Genesis 29, verse 30, 31. Rachel was barren. In the biblical time, it was a dishonor, disgrace for a woman not to bear seed or child. It was a disgrace. God is looking for every individual, whether they're young or old, where he can plant a seed in there to bring forth new life. New life has to come from the womb, and the womb is the church. God impregnates the church to bring forth what's impossible for man. So Rachel began to cry. 
And she began to plead with God, give me children or lest I die. That ought to be a cry of every Christian on the face of this earth. Give me children lest I die. I mean, they've got children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. They're a delight, aren't they? I tell you, one of the greatest delight that we can do, among the greatest delight that we can do for the kingdom of God is to bring forth children. It's for the church to be able to go into heaven rejoicing. Here we come bringing the children that we've won to God. If the devil tells you you can't win anybody, he's a liar. God is real and he's rich. Even the Bible said the children can lead the little children to the kingdom of God. She began to pray earnestly, expecting to receive from God. And the first child that came out of that womb was Joseph. Everybody know what kind of child he was. Who knows the child that you birthed spiritually could be a world changer. Could be a world changer. I remember the first missionary conference we went through. Peg and I, we just got into church. It was in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Brother Samuel Baker and his family had been to Brazil as missionaries. This is their first time home on six years' leave. And I remember him saying this, I will allow no church to claim my soul. I will allow no church to claim that they were the one responsible for getting me in the church. He said it was my mother. He said I would come home drunk at night and the house was cold and dark but I could hear from my mother's bedroom crying God save Samuel and God save Samuel abundantly. They got children buried in Brazil one of the boys is still over there. His wife was an invalid, but she had such a desire to live in Brazil to bring forth children. I'm not in Brazil, and you're not in Brazil. I mean, you know, this is your field of harvest right here. Some people kids me, but you don't never want to leave Cass County. Well, I've been to Germany, and I don't go all those places, but I still love Cass County. I have not been called to another place. Ever since I've been in the church, I feel my calling is right here. Your calling is here. It's not out yonder somewhere. If it was out yonder somewhere, God would send you out there. But your calling is where God sends you to be productive and grow. Hallelujah. Paul says no Christian has a right to tell God what to do, how to mold you. you. We don't have a right to tell God what we would like to be made. It's up to him. David said, the Lord would fashion me while I was in my mother's womb. Peggy, born in the church, grew up in the church, never wanted to marry a preacher. She never wanted to do that. She has no choice. 
that's one of the problems that we have. We want our choice, and it's God's choice, what he's going to mold and make us and turn us into. It's what God wants. Jesus says, not my will, but thy will be done. I want the will of God more than anything in this world. So she prayed, and she received a child. The womb is a place that brings forth new life. And God is the one that has to impregnate the womb. We're talking about a spiritual womb now. The cry should be for everyone, God, help me to bring children into the kingdom of God. Help me. If you don't pray for anybody, I want you to pray for me. I want to bear children before I leave this world in the kingdom of God. 1 Samuel 1 and 6 said, And the Lord had closed Hannah's womb. He, I don't know why he did that. Many years she would go to the temple and pray and nothing happened. But she got so hungry for God to have a son. And she said, Lord, if you'll give me a son, I'll give him back to you. She prayed so earnestly that God opened up her womb. And she brought a son called Samuel. She carried him to the house of God at the weaning age and left him there. He became the greatest prophet during his time. Now, I'm going to say this. Now, <coughs> excuse me. You must learn to let the Holy Ghost lead you. You must learn to let the Holy Ghost be your teacher. I made some decisions out of influence or being sympathy with people, and it was a wrong decision. Because it wasn't of God. It'll get you in trouble every time. Eli, the high priest, was over the church. He was not hearing from God. Eli's sons was in line for the high priest. They were not hearing from God. No one was hearing from God until this child was born. He was just a child laying by the ark when God spoke to him. Respect God speaking to your children. Listen to them when God is speaking to them. I want this to come out right. We need pastors and teachers and things. But the only one was available to teach him was the Holy Ghost. God is always available to teach us what we need to know. He taught this boy, and this boy was the only one hearing from God. Every person ought to cry right now, God, I want to hear from you. I want to hear your voice. I want to be able to understand your voice. I want to hear what you really want to do in my life while I'm here on this earth. We cannot please God unless we hear his voice. Samuel heard his voice as a child, and Samuel was taught by the Lord. Since, I don't know, about a month ago, Brother James Clayton said something in the Wednesday night class that I have never 
been able to get away from yet. When the God Jesus appeared to the man had legions of demons in him. And Jesus cast him out. And he wanted to go on the missionary journey with Jesus. And Jesus said, no, you stay here. I know there's some people, I don't know whether they're here today or not, but they need to hear this. He said, you stay here. He didn't have no man to teach him. No pastor, no Sunday school teacher, but what he had more than anything else in the world was the Holy Ghost told him to stay there. I'm not saying we don't need them, but the number one thing, we don't need a teacher that's going to have the Holy Ghost speaking to you. You don't need a pastor that don't have the Holy Ghost speaking to you. That includes me. We need to hear from God. They heard from God. God is no respect to person. We need to hear from God. And that boy went to this place called the Capitalist, meaning ten cities. And when he found out Jesus was coming back through there, he had all the lame, the blind, and the halt to lay in the trail. So when Jesus came by, all they had to do is touch the hem of his garment. Are you all with me? It's not the might and the power of us. It's by the Spirit of the living God. It doesn't matter how much education we got, how strong we are. It's by the Spirit of God. It doesn't matter how old we are, how young we are. It's the Spirit of God. He is one doing the work. Paul said in Corinthians that God wants you to cease from your work. What he's talking about, you cease from trying to serve God in your flesh and start serving God in the spirit. You know, God has no limits. He don't know. He don't have no limits. We go through trying times sometimes, but God is always with us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. We ought to have a cry in our hearts right now. We ought to entertain a cry in our hearts for God, for the things of God. Mary, some believe maybe she might have been 15. And I know I had some people that's got married at that age. But the angel of the Lord appeared to her. He said, you're going to bring forth a child. She said, how can that be? And that may be a lot of questions that you and I may ask God, how this can be, who I am. Will God use me? He may not use you behind the pulpit, or he might not use you to sing in the choir, but he can use you. He didn't bring us into this world for us to be idle. He brought us in this world to be useful in the kingdom of God. And Mary said, how can this be? I don't know a man. And the angel said, the Holy Ghost will overshadow you. He will impregnate you. And you're going to bring forth a child that's going to change the world. He's the only king, probably born in a manger, went to the grave and come out and sat on the throne. There's something else amazing about this. There's Elizabeth. She's old. She doesn't pass childbearing age as far as the human's concerned. 
But God opened her womb, and she bore the greatest prophet, Jesus said, that's ever lived. He said, there's none no greater than John the Baptist. And then he says, anybody that believes in me in the kingdom of God is greater than the John the Baptist. For the wonderful things that God has. God has no limits. How many believe it? God, don't say amen now, supplies all of your needs according to your riches and glory. I woke up in the night of the night and that came to me and God seemed to press on my heart. I can supply anything you need anytime. I'm ready to do it if you're ready to receive it. We should never have no needs. If that scripture is true, the book of Deuteronomy says God can't lie. If that scripture is true, then we should never have any needs if we believe God. I believe God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Hallelujah. The wonderful things of God. So there were some wonderful things happened there. The kingdom of God. And the greatest work that God puts in us is to bear children, a revival, a revival. If we was to turn to Isaiah and read some things, it's magnificent what God has planned and what God has really brought to us. We read Isaiah 66, I believe it is. Let me read a little bit here. Before she travailed, she brought forth. Before her pain, she bore a child. Pharaoh told them to go down and kill all the firstborn in Moses' time. Kill them all. I want them any, 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 just kill them all. We can no longer, we may use this excuse, but we should, it, this excuse won't work with God. Well, Brother Billy, we in hard times, you know. The, the things are just so bad. And the Bible said the persecution on them was stronger than it ever was been. They was afflicted more than they ever had been afflicted. And Pharaoh asked the midwife, says, how come you're not killing them babies? I sent you down there to kill all them babies. And they said, you don't know them Israelite women. I tell you, church, we all, men and all, ought to put ourselves in women. Said, you don't know them women. Said, they give birth just that quick. What God is telling us, if you believe me, I'll give birth that quick. You will not believe can the nation can be born in one day. The ancient Jews believed the 400 years in Egypt was the womb that Israel was in that God would birth and bring out like never been seen before. They would come out through the birth channel like a baby coming out of the birth canal in a woman. They would come out. Glory to God. What happened to them was just a shadow when they left Egypt after 400 years. 
The Red Sea did what? What did it do? I believe God wants to tell us, I want to open up things before you ever get there. I want to make a smooth road before, before you ever get there. All you need to just be obedient and come and, and go, walk. And the Bible said that, and the Red Sea opened up. They walked through a cave. It just didn't. It was on the top of them too, because it's a type of water baptism. And when they got on the other side, it was the top of the fire and the clouds, the top of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So God sometimes has to send us through some things to birth children in the kingdom of God. And I believe we're right on the urge of seeing something we've never seen and witnessed before. Right on the edge. Don't grow weary and well-doing. Now let's get back to this, and then I'm going to close. Disciples had went fishing because, Brother Michael, they were discouraged. Their leader is dead. You know, he's gone. They went fishing. And they wasn't catching any fish. I asked myself this question. Why are not we catching fish? Fish is people. The net is the Holy Ghost. Why are not we catching people? And they weird themselves. Their boats, nets was empty and they didn't have anything. How many glad when Jesus shows up in your life when you're weary, wore out, and beat down? He just shows up. There he is, just sitting down, Sister Linda. He done build a fire. He done cook the fish. He done cook the bread. Are y'all with me? And he's just sitting there watching these people get wore out. Oh, hallelujah. God said, I'll prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemy. If you've got an enemy today, you do. His name is Satan. God said, I'll prepare a table for you before his presence. And he said, you guys caught anything? He was so cool, wasn't he? Y'all fishing. Fishing bread. Bread was the number one thing of Israel. It represents Jesus Christ being the number one. There he sits with bread and fish. We invite somebody. We want a seven-course meal. Is that right? We weary ourselves. Think we're going to impress them. But Jesus, I'm telling you, oh, glory. He, he, he was going to impress them, all right, with his presence. He's going to impress them with what he is. Is he caught anything? And they said, no. And then he says, do what? Cast your net on the right side. Obedience. The word right means power. You cast your work where the power is. You cast the net, the Holy Ghost. When Jesus received up into heaven, he sat down on the right hand of the Father, meaning power. He has all power in heaven and all power in earth. It pleased the Father that he has all that kind of power. Brother Ken read the scripture this morning. The meek wouldn't hurt the earth. But Jesus said something else. To get the kingdom of God, the violent, 
the violent people is the only one that gets the kingdom of God. Sometimes there's a fight and sometimes there's a struggle. The narrow gate and straight is the way, but the violent will grab a hold the kingdom of God. Are you ready for the kingdom of God? Are you ready for something you ain't never seen and experienced before? God is sitting with the fire of burning and the bread reading and said, come and dine. Bring your fish if you want to, but I've already got it ready for you. Church, God has got a revival already ready for us. The fish, everything, the fire represents the revival that Jesus wants to give to us. God bless you for being here today. For the next nine months, why don't we just, we, we can see things happen quickly, so quickly. It can happen before this service is over with. It can happen before you get home. Quickly, suddenly, what God can do. In the very most difficult times in your life, God has got a hallelujah. Well, I want him to, he's already got it there, church. He's already got the table prepared before you in the presence of your enemy. All you've got to do is rise up and start eating. Amen? Just rise up and start eating the wonderful things of God. God bless you for being here as they come and sing. Amen. If you have a need, they'll come and pray for you. Mighty revival and the birth of God. He's already got it in place. He's just waiting for us to sit down and eat.